Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Sugar Freedom Show. I'm Katherine Gordon bringing Sugar Freedom to you here on this show and at sugarfreedom.com. So it was just a little bit more than a year ago today, June 23rd, 2014 to be exact, that on the cover of Time magazine there was a photograph of a beautiful curl of butter. And the headline was, Eat Butter, Scientists Labeled Fat the Enemy, Why They Were Wrong, by Brian Walsh. By Brian Walsh. So just a few weeks ago, the USDA, or the advisory committee to the USDA, upped the ante even more. And how did they do that? Well, they released a recommendation to the USDA to remove the upper limit on fat consumption. Now, what does that mean to you and me? Well, let me give you an example of what it means to Sugar Freedom in particular. When Sugar Freedom was released at the very, very, very end of December 2013, we were starting to get scientific reports and research and reports from medical doctors and researchers on the health and the appropriateness of a higher-fat, lower-carb diet for weight loss. And we were even getting agreement from the American Diabetes Association and other groups of that kind of prestige that were saying that, yes, you know, a higher-fat, lower-carb technique and approach can be good for weight loss, but the jury was still out on the effect of such a diet long-term. Well, then, back a year ago in June, we had the Time Magazine cover saying, Eat Butter. We had Dr. David Perlmutter going on the Dr. Oz show saying butter is back, and now we have these recommendations to the USDA. So so where did they come from, and why is the advisory committee making this particular, uh, particular choice and sending this particular recommendation? Well, it started recently with cholesterol. There was a review of the literature of the scientific studies, and there was not a clear connection between eating cholesterol and then getting heart disease. And the same thing, slowly but surely, is beginning to unfold in the world of fat and even, yes, saturated fat. And the committee did say that the focus needs to be on healthier forms of forms of fat. Now, there can be some disagreement and some agreement among those of us who live a lower-carb, higher-fat lifestyle on exactly what that means, but certainly the science and the studies are starting to come out with an understanding of where fat can really be a healthy choice and how that fits well into our eating strategy. Now, let's be more specific about that. One, what that means for you and me, especially if you are a sugar or a carbohydrate addict. Now, the Sugar Freedom Program, it eliminates three things. It eliminates sugar, grains, and processed vegetable oils. And let's face it, vegetable oil, oh, yes, it is a form of fat. So we're looking at not necessarily all fats, and pretty much everybody, even across the mainstream, has an understanding that trans fats, fats that have been modified modified and chemically changed in order to increase their shelf life, that these particular fats are not healthy for us and actually are unhealthy at, at any level of consumption. We want to eliminate them from our diets 100%. As a matter of fact, let's talk about a practical tip when it comes to trans fats. Say you're in the store and you're buying a bag of vegetables or you're, you're buying anything that you're going to get at the store, and on the label it says zero grams of trans fat. Well, guess what? That means it is allowed to have some trans fat, but if it's less than half a gram, 
they can say zero grams. So there's an area of confusion. And unfortunately, if you if you pick something up and it says zero grams of trans fat, there's a good chance that there is, well, just under 0.5 grams of trans fat in that product, and that means it does contain some trans fat and you need to put it back on the shelf. So let's talk about a fat about fat a little bit more as it pertains to how you and I are going to eat on a daily basis. So if we're going to eliminate processed vegetable oil, what kind of fat are we going to eat instead? And if you're eating sugar freedom style, you're going to be having grass-fed pastured butter, uh, you're going to be having organic olive oil, uh, you can have ghee, you're also going to have one of my absolute favorites and something I've always got in the house and I go through all the time, which is organic extra virgin coconut oil. So wonderful fats that are stable. Coconut oil stays stable when you heat it. Um, Olive oil less so. So I like to use my olive oil as a dressing, as a finisher, definitely for salad salad dressings. But if I want to heat my oil, I'm going to go with the virgin coconut oil, pastured butter like Kerrygold butter, or I will, if I cook uncured bacon in the morning, I'm going to reserve that bacon grease and I'm going to make my make delicious foods in that bacon grease. This is a good time for me to give you a pitch and an easy recipe for liver. Um, If you eat meat uh, and you're going to look for ways of being, you know, abundantly and vibrantly healthy and you're eating low-carb, higher-fat style, one of the things that can be really healthy for you is liver. So a really easy recipe for liver I get mine locally, which is and it's really inexpensive. Um, I was able to buy some liver at the farmers market this weekend, and I only paid five dollars. And I had enough liver for myself, my son, and my husband to enjoy a meal, and then uh, for all of us actually to have leftovers and to have seconds. And yes, this particular recipe is so tasty that you are going to want to have seconds. So to cook the liver, all you have to do is put the pan on medium heat. Put in about three tablespoons of bacon grease, which you would have reserved from cooking local uncured bacon in the morning. And then just very simply open up the package, place the liver in the pan, uh, season it with sea salt and garlic powder. And, oh, I beg your pardon, I forgot one of the most important steps. The first thing you're going to put in that pan is half of a sliced onion. Yummy. So put the onion in the bacon grease first. Let the onion start to cook, then put in the liver, then season with sea salt and garlic powder, and oh my goodness, you've got something really delicious. Don't overcook it. It's going to cook up pretty fast, usually on medium heat, probably around three minutes each side. Um, you know, test the doneness by, by the temperature, but you can also take a piece out and cut it in half and make sure that it's cooked through. So there's your easy recipe for today. So now that we know that butter is slowly but surely getting off the hook, and as I like to say, butter is off the hook and it's off the chain, and so is fat, healthy natural fat. What does this mean for our day-to-day eating strategy? And especially what does it mean in terms of, because if you listen to the last podcast, I was talking about the 14 days to the photo shoot, getting lean and glowing and eating the foods that are going to make me look and feel fantastic for this particular photo shoot. One clue is, yes, I had liver yesterday, and oh my goodness, do I feel fantastic today. So I want to talk about my top 10 foods, my top 10 foods for fat loss. And I also, 
I want you to think about what your top ten foods are going to be as well. Let me give you an example and a better understanding of why this is so crucial. In my work with my readers and my clients and my members at Gordon Studio, what I am discovering is the beauty of individuality, that although we see really good results for everybody that pulls sugar and grains and processed vegetable oil out of their diet, Within those parameters, we're seeing a lot of variation in what people like to eat. For example, some of us go for eggs and bacon and some of us don't. Some of us are going to want to have more uh, you know, chia seeds or maybe uh, what we sometimes do, the freedom pancake, pancake which, is, which isn't, well, it does have an egg in it, but it's also mixed with flax, flax seed and, you can, and a little baking powder and you can make it like a pancake. People are doing lots of different things. But one of the things that I want to urge you to do is to sit down with a pad of paper and a pencil and a pen and put and create your fat loss top ten. What are the top ten foods that when you eat these foods, you're in a really good place, you have good energy, you're in a good mood, and you're releasing fat and and releasing weight. So I'm going to give you mine. Number one, raw heavy cream. Oh, my goodness, I love it, and I'm so lucky that in California we can buy raw heavy cream. Two, eggs. Good old eggs, the incredible edible egg. Eat them, use them all the time in all kinds of things. Three, uncured bacon, especially uncured local bacon when, you know, I know the farmer and the rancher. And then green leafy vegetables. Now, I hope this isn't cheating, but this is obviously, uh, there are so many vegetables that fall into this category. It's spinach, it's kale, it's chard, it's all of these wonderful green leafy vegetables. So that is number four. Uh, And then coconut oil, and then avocado, salsa, organic chicken thighs, above-ground vegetables, mm-hmm. yes, so the vegetables that grow above the ground, and grass-fed butter. So you've got a couple of different fats there, you've got a couple of different proteins, and you've got vegetables. Once again, let's go back and talk talk about the vegetables a little bit. Um, oh, and of course, olive oil, because that's going to get us to 10. The Green leafy vegetables and the above-ground vegetables are simply fantastic, in my opinion, for fiber, fullness, fat loss, and micronutrients. And more and more, what I'm beginning to understand is that if we can feed ourselves with those fantastic micronutrients, we're talking about the liver and the spinach and the kale and the tomatoes right off the vine, if you're lucky enough to have tomatoes right now. Ours are getting ready to come in. Usually we start eating our tomatoes that we've homegrown in August. That if you can get these amazing farmer's market, homegrown, local foods, I absolutely believe that they are the ultimate for getting the wonderful micronutrients that we need and the wonderful nutrition, literally like taking, pulling a tomato off the vine uh, and having a multivitamin right there that you're eating in your salad bowl. So those are my top ten. In our next show, (laughs) I'm going to share my top ten trigger foods. And the, the big thing that I want you to do, dear listener, is I want you to take some time and I want you to write down your top 10 fat-burning, fat-releasing foods. And then I want you to turn around and I want you to write your top 10 trigger foods. And uh, I'm going to save them for next week. But this template, this is so crucial because 
more and more, even though I'm the author of the Sugar Freedom Diet, the Sugar Freedom Program, and even though I am now a certified fitness nutrition specialist, I am completely convinced that what you have to do as somebody who wants to optimize their body and their health, you've got to find your number one foods, your freedom foods, your fantastic feeling foods, and then you also need to find your trigger foods. And if there's a particular food that makes you overeat every time you consume it, you need to stick to your guns, stand on your principle, and you know eat those wonderful foods that are going to be the number one foods for you. So those are the big things I want to leave you with. I guess you can call it your homework for today. Write down your top ten fat-releasing foods and then your top ten trigger foods. Now, let's move on to an update on the 14-day super fat loss plan heading to the photo shoot. I have to say I'm delighted to say getting leaner in the middle. Waist measurement has gotten exactly to where I want it. And interestingly enough, at Gordon's studio where I train my clients, that really is our primary purpose. We start with that waistline. Number one, we want for women we want to get it below 35 inches because medical science and studies have showed us that we know that we have negative health outcomes above 35 inches. Then we work our way down below 30 inches. And when when we're looking at optimal health, you know, we're looking at a percentage, a waist-to-hip ratio, we're also looking at a waist measurement that is less than half of the height measurement. So I'll give you an example. Um, I'm 61 inches tall. I'm only 5'1". So, of course, you know, my waist measurement is going to want to be below 30.5. And then at that point, once we get that waistline, into that below 50% mark, then we start to finesse and then we start to look at the different techniques that we're going to use to give you the lean hourglass figure. And then another one of our priorities is what I call selective hypertrophy, and that is to build muscle in the areas where we want to fill out your muscle. For example, the deltoids, a lot of times in in the gluteus muscles, and also different areas in the legs and in the arms that are going to give that wonderful, beautiful curve and that beautiful line to the arms and legs. So it is a matter, I think, so often in in fitness training, it is not a matter of constantly just trying to make you smaller and smaller and smaller and skinnier. It is a sense that once we get to that healthy range where we're getting your body fat in somewhere in the 20s and we're getting your waistline somewhere in the 20s, then at that point we use the best skills that we have to give you a great look. And so I will give you a tip for something that I have been adding to get ready for the photo shoot, and that is a nice, easy, fun swim at the end of every work day. And what that means is I go out with my son, we go in the pool, we throw the football, we're actually at the the public pool. Well, it's not public, it's the one at our health club, I beg your pardon. And then we put on our fins and our goggles, and we just we do really, 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 really easy laps using our fins. And what, what that is showing me is it's just that wonderful movement that continues to help lean you out without raising cortisol. Because over 40 and 50 and beyond, we have to get very artistic about how we transform and how we train the body. And 
although when we were under 40, you know, maybe you could just hit that treadmill and you could cut your fat and cut your calories and voila, you would lose weight automatically. Now we have to get a little bit more artful, a little bit more sophisticated about it. And that's your tip for the for the day. If you want to uh, say you're doing high in, high intensity interval and resistance training like I teach, if you want to do something in addition, make sure that it is fun, it's leisurely, and you're just having a wonderful time, and that's going to raise that serotonin, it's going to lower that cortisol, and it's just going to make it so much easier to stick to, stick with your plan. So I hope you enjoyed hearing about the fact that, yay, fat is or is going to be, or we're hoping it will be, fat is off the hook, and also hearing about writing down your top 10 fat-releasing foods and your top 10 and your top 10 trigger foods, and also a little bit of a tip for continuing to look and feel your best by enjoying gentle, easy exercise that's fun and that you enjoy. All right, well, I look forward to you tuning in and listening in next time on the Sugar Freedom Show. Until then, I'm Katherine Gordon with Sugar Freedom at sugarfreedom.com. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> 